0: Welcome to Power Suits and Pillow Talk, where professional success meets personal liberation. I'm Jen Koken and alongside me is the extraordinary Lori Handlers. In each episode, we journey into the duality of modern women who wanna conquer corporate barriers by day and dispel bedroom myths by night. We celebrate these powerhouse women, the ones who are redefining success professionally and personally. Join us for an exciting exploration into empowerment, breaking boundaries, and unabashedly embracing all facets of womanhood. I'm Laurie Handlers. And I'm Jen Coken, And we are your hosts of this uh, wonderful, amazing, extraordinary podcast. And I'm excited, Laurie, because we have a very special guest who's super we duper know. duper important to both of us.
1: <laughs> we do. <laughs> I, I'd like to say so, this woman. Uh, Shannon Hernandez, although if you look her up online, it'll be M. Shannon Hernandez, uh, has influenced both Jen and myself. I met Shannon through Jen and she emphasizes joy. Her whole shtick is about joy. If we are in business and we're doing our thing and that's our brilliant genius, but we're not having joy, in that or in the whole rest of our lives then what are we doing yeah and shannon asks us that question over and over and over again and has given me real tools in my life things that i had to eliminate and she's done the same for jen because she knows that if we're not focused on our joy there's no point in doing it
0: but she wait she asked it a particular way she's like does that feel joyful don't do that shit if it ain't joyful, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I mean? So that's <laughs> incredibly irreverent. That's another thing I adore about you. And I took that on to be, for me, if it ain't fun, I ain't doing that shit. So she just exactly. gives you permission to go, you're right. It does not feel joyful to, I don't know, do 500 podcasts, you know, be on 500 podcast interviews. Is that Jen? Does that? I remember this for the first time it was like, I've been on. I don't know, it was on like two podcasts a week or something. She's like, she kind of got this face, and she goes, Is, does that feel joyful? I'm like, no. She's like, Why are you doing that shit? <laughs> right. So without further ado, I
1: am yes. going to introduce Shannon Hernandez. Welcome Shannon to our to our show, a relatively new show. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Uh, It's so good to be here, and I accidentally built a world-renowned brand by letting the line slip out nine years ago on a stage. If it ain't joyful, I ain't doing that shit, and it caught on like wildfire, (laughs) and I try and live every piece of my life by that and help my clients and my friends and my family. Some are very late adopters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the to the theory, but we're doing the good work in the world of joy 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 more joy for me more joy for you And that means we're raising the consciousness of the planet with joy
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. My That's a bell ringer right there
2: Yeah, I love so, it so
1: how let, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in doing what you're doing I mean, because Saying that you're a joy consultant doesn't give people much uh, that doesn't give them enough to go on like data. What does that mean? Yeah. For so most people they're like, okay, so you talk about joy, but that's not it. You help well, people with their marketing, their messages, their branding.
2: I'm wondering if you're subliminally rebranding me as the joy consultant. <laughs> and I've been asked this so much with the release of my new book um practical joy um
0: find it on amazon and bookstores near you make the request that they stock it and bring it to you
2: yeah people are like are you going to be a joy coach now or are you going to go to life coaching or spiritual coaching and i'm like no my 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 passion is helping people infuse more joy into their messaging their marketing business, grow a business that supports their joy, grow a business that supports their lifestyle. And I had to come to terms with the fact that I can also release uh, standalone courses around joy and let people join in and in that way. They didn't have to be completely business related. And I'm actually going to be doing that like soon. <laughs> um, So that's really exciting but i'm a joyful business strategist and consultant helping service-based business owners grow a business fueled by joy so that their business and their life is just one joyful thing after another all day long
1: so good that that like turns (laughs) me on lights me up makes me happy all over really that's joyous to me
0: yeah absolutely what you're like Shannon, in your work with, and you work with strictly entrepreneurs, is that right? Yeah, so you're working with entrepreneurs. What do you think is the biggest joy zapper that you've seen over the years? What's the biggest mistake business owners make? Because we're talking about high powered business owners, whether in corporate or they own their own business. You know, we want to connect this to being connected to your partner and how and and how like what I'm present to is if I'm not feeling joyful, I'm not going to be joyful with my partner and that is not going to go well. So what's the biggest mistake you see business owners make that then impact their personal lives?
2: Yeah, I just did a training on this today, actually, and it was how to set up your joyful work calendar to add more flow, freedom and flexibility to your day. Mm. And I think it's the number one thing, even I'm very cognizant of it. I teach it. I help people transition into this three, three and a half, four day work week, right? Whatever that looks like for them. But it's so easy to not hold your boundaries and to let one more client in or one more connection call in or one more whatever it is. And before you know it, you're tapped out energetically, you're tapped out in your resources, Um, your energy, your time, your at capacity, and then you're just like run ragged by your business. And this is really the biggest thing that I see because it's hard to put boundaries around your joy and keep them. It's very easy to say, no, I'm not doing that. And then you let one more person schedule one more person before you know it, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to do any of this shit on my calendar today. (laughs)
0: Yeah, those days it's real bet. right yeah
2: and i have them too if i'm not careful or if i'm traveling i'm like oh i'll just slide this in and then i'm like why am i here again like i am not doing this again so i'd say it's like let's work less uh you might need to hire people to do that have that vision right, right? you might need to uh redefine your relationship of how much you actually need to work to make the money that you want to make um that's been my journey um and i'm still unraveling a lot of that because society loves to kind of condition us that we need to work more to make that money
1: yeah yep. yeah that's true i wanted to say something about boundaries here i mean because I, boundaries are like a thing that i teach and boundaries, boundaries
0: are your thing that you teach Lori like like yeah, boundaries, boundaries are
1: I mean, I have a new lead magnet coming out, which is a boundary workbook that people, if they sign up for my website, they'll find out about boundaries. And I have all these boundaries about things with people and things with family and whatever, and I didn't put in anything about work. And now you're saying this, and I'm thinking, oh, I have to add some stuff to that boundaries workbook no to no to one more client call no to these things this is so important yeah yeah uh, yeah boundaries are my thing boundaries create intimacy yeah but I, but i hear what you're saying like boundaries also create joy
2: mm-hmm.
0: yes i you often say Lori, boundaries are designed to keep your heart open and make you feel safe and i feel like we could adapt that For what Shannon's saying, boundaries are designed to bring you more joy and make you feel safe. And as we're thinking about that, I had a situation, I've been, I'm doing four keynotes this month and I flew into Dallas to give a keynote and all the technology, like the technology was awful and they were very apologetic and I just (laughs) rolled with it. I mean, the fricking screens weren't working and I was like, get me a old timey flip chart and some markers. And they kind of looked at me like, do you have one? Yes, we do. So I was using that. And then we were on Zoom with people in Italy and I was in the company and then the monitor went out and I kept having to stop and be like, Eric, was the tech guy in the back. And so in the moment, I'm just rolling with it, right? When we're in the moment, we're rolling with it. We're providing the energy. We're holding the space. Afterwards, the team took me out to lunch and I'm sitting across from, there's like, I don't know, six of us or something. And I'm sitting across from this guy. He's like, I'm wondering if I could just get your insight into something. And then I proceed to have a half an hour conversation with him. By the time that was done and I went back to my hotel and then I had a coffee date with somebody's uh, a person that I've been uh, in powerful partnership with for five years and she and I have never met. So we had, and by the time I got to the airport, I was wiped. Mm -hmm. And it took me some time to reflect on it. And what I realized was I didn't hold a boundary that at lunch, I didn't want to have that conversation. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I didn't, I didn't want to have that conversation. I was, it, it wasn't like I wouldn't, but I think what I could have said was I would love to have this conversation. Why don't you send me an email tomorrow and I'll tell you how to book some time in my calendar. It's $500 an hour or whatever I would say, but I could say, I'll tell you how to book time in my calendar. And then when he sends that to say, just so you know, it's $500 an hour. If you still want to book it, great. I'll send you the link, but that's what needs to happen. And it was like, I gotta put that. but then afterwards I thought, okay, no, this is what's gonna bring me joy. I just wanted to relax at lunch and have silly conversation to find out about the people there and how long have you worked at the company? They're all young professionals. Like, where do you see your life going? I was way more interested, but I was zeroed in on this guy because I felt like that's what was expected of me. Nobody said that. I just crossed my own boundary. And I, and I know, Lori, you've also said often, we don't always know our boundaries until we've crossed them. Yeah. So that did not bring me joy. (laughs) If you're wondering, and that's another, that's another place where I saw my own boundary and where I was not joyful. I was a sad sack.
2: Yeah. And I think it's just part of the process, right? Because now that you know that, now you have a new way of being for every time you're going to do that. You get to say what you want to say and then just have fun at the, at the lunch or the dinner or whatever that is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. beautiful. But I think so trueing that up to joy, th- that's really key and that energy of joy and what brings us joy, like understanding energetically, like continuing to true ourselves up to that. I have to start with that North star. I feel like, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: everyone's joy is different, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've been talking a lot um, about what's your flavor of joy, <laughs> and it's such a fun way to think about joy because we're all different people. We're all made up of different personality traits, what we like, what we don't like, and one of the reasons I really wrote this book and I'm feeling so compelled to do this work is because for years I joy was so elusive to me, mm-hmm. and it was elusive because. I was listening to spiritual leaders and teachers and coaches and mindset people, whatever. And they were, they were continuously like leading people outside of themselves to find the joy. And I realized, whoa, we got something going on here. Um that's happiness. I actually define it as happiness in my book. Happiness are the external things that we look forward to, the dinner I'm gonna have tonight with a friend, recording podcasts with my two friends, going to Mexico, going to see Jen in a couple weeks, right? Those are ha- those things are short-lived and they're outside of us. So um, really a lot of what my work is gonna be for the rest of my life, because this is my legacy work, is how do I get people turned on to their own flavor of joy? Mm -hmm. Which is an inside job. (laughs) Joy is an inside job. Yes. Um, And it's so important because I think we have so many people that want to feel joy. They want to feel fulfilled. They want to feel meaningful connection. And they're missing the mark on it because they haven't taken the time to really explore what is their flavor of joy. What's a
0: question somebody could engage in? To find their flavor of joy, to start opening up that conversation for themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the very first places I, I like to start with people is just to simply, now this sounds simple, but it's kind of hard. I would encourage you both to do it later. All right, take a piece of paper, number it one to 50. And I want you to write down 50 things that bring you joy that don't cost money, don't require you to go buy anything, right? And people can really go for about 10 or 15, but that's where the sense of joy is. It's that sense of peace and that sense of deep presence. And so for me, what's on my list is sunrises, sunsets, coffee in the morning by myself, Good fiction book. I mean, that may cost a little money, but you know, it's not like this big experience. It's like, how can we find these pockets of joy and build them in throughout our day?
1: Mm. I yeah. love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. I don't know if I have 50. It's good. I have to look at it. Okay. It's great. It's a really I, good place to
0: start. I don't know if I would have 50 either that don't cost any money or cost petting Kevin, my cat, giving him tummy rubs and hearing him purr, that's the best. Or having him come up to me in the morning, even if he's trying to wake me up to eat and he smacks me across the face, it actually does bring me joy. Like, get up. And I'm thinking to myself, the feeder, the automatic feeder is feeding you in 15 minutes. Get out of here. (laughs) Only he would understand.
1: No, he wants you. He wants his human. Exactly. I totally get that. Yeah. Mine is really moving my body, whether I'm dancing or working out or swimming or whatever it is. But all of those. And I know you have that. Both of you have that in common, too. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine a day without Shannon, without you running or doing something outside and then biking. So, I mean, I know some of them. It's just uh, 50. It's a lot. It's good. It's really, really good. I loved when you had us uh, do the exercise of what do you do that you hate? Like what is on your regular to do list that you hate doing, why don't you give that to somebody else? Yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't done a lot of my hated stuff since I met you. I really I've taken most of those things off of my daily existence because why well, do it when somebody else can do it? Really.
2: Yeah. And the the other question is why okay. If- if you can't delegate it yet because we're all in that place of business. Sometimes we just can't delegate it yet. How can you build a joyful ritual and reward around it? So that you know, a great example is today I took these eight, what were going to be blog posts on one thing, and I wanted to reposition them and put them out for another thing. And I was like, okay, this is gonna take me about an hour, <laughs> and I'm going to build a ritual. I light the incense. I lit the candle I sat here I got ready I did it and then I went and reward myself with 15 minutes in the Sun and on number six of eight I was like oh I can just get up right now I just don't want to like do and I'm like no 15 more minutes that's it like then you can go and, and and do the Sun so I'm really like teaching people too how if you have to do things because we all do Right, we gotta scoop the cat litter. Sometimes we just have to do things that aren't so joyful, but how do we ritual and reward that? So that it's sandwiched between two joyful things and you can reward yourself
1: with joy. Beautiful, Yeah. really beautiful. Practical and uh, important and and beautiful. Let's get it done by making it good, making the
0: reward good thereafter you know what a really good name of a book would be for you to write is practical joy. Oh, you already wrote <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have no, a, that's link. a great title. <laughs> it is. It is because I feel I, one of the reasons I think it's so great is exactly what you said, which is joy seems elusive because I think often we look outside of ourselves for that. Mm-hmm. And I once had a mentor say to me, you know, when you're looking outside of yourself, it creates an energetic force that pushes things away when you go within it, it brings that those things to you. And so when I'm meditating in the morning, one of the things that I started doing is imagining everything always flowing to me like my energy is out my signature imprint tickling the universe and inviting all the right resources and people to come to me and what are the energies I want and I always think of joy and I think about it like a ball of yellow like the sun gold in my heart or in my solar plexus right and that and what does that feel like so that I am attracting things to me instead of pushing and that goes back to something you said earlier in the interview of this whole I don't know if it's what it's from, but if work hard equals make more money, we must work hard. And that's that's n- not what we're saying that you can. It's not saying don't take action because I also feel like some people think I'm just gonna own to the top of the mountain and want to be a millionaire and I should be a millionaire. No, dumbass. You gotta like create the business and take the actions and like do the things. It, you must take action. The only thing that relates to your performance is action. Yeah. But it's not always a doing. Sometimes it's a creating who you're being to bring it toward you, you know. Yeah.
2: And I just want to say, because I know we have like a mixed audience of like corporate people and probably entrepreneur people and other people, <laughs> uh, any kinds of people. Um, I've actually created a program called the Joyful uh, Joy in the Workplace, and it's transforming the culture of joy transforming the workplace culture of joy and I'm super excited about it because I don't think um, well I know leaders are not taught to lead with joy no one's taught like to lead like that but what would happen if I was leading with joy and my whole team was leading with joy and everyone was operating in their zone of joy imagine what a more productive environment that would be people would be Uh, creatively solving problems, getting innovative. So I'm super excited to like roll that out and see what happens with it.
0: That is amazing. And it makes me think of two things, one of which is, as I've been talking with leaders more and more, and we're going into these hybrid workplaces, part of what's happening is people feel far more disconnected Mm -hmm. from the workplace, disconnected from collaboration, disconnected from team, and they feel siloed. So bringing this in to do this kind of um, cultivation of joy via Zoom allows companies to, I know you were saying it's for entrepreneurs and everybody, but also I'm just thinking about it from that corporate perspective of allowing people to feel more connected. The other piece is I was, you know, as I just came off my own webinar that I was leading on leadership right before this, we recorded this podcast and I was doing some research yesterday and there's a Harvard business review article that I'll send to you, Shannon, cause you'd probably enjoy it very much. And Lori, if you want it to send it to you, but it's called the leadership odyssey and what it talks about, they've done all these studies of CEOs, which show what got you, got you to the top, which is to produce results is not going to have you be a great CEO. It's always people centric, empathetic, listening, communication, joy, authenticity, and most people don't realize that and don't realize how integral that is. And a lot of
1: people don't have those skills or they weren't even developed. Those are not the skills they teach at Harvard B. School. Nope. They don't teach you great people skills in communication. If you're lucky, you already have those. Somehow you were like popular or whatever. But if not, if you're just a results machine, you got to think coming yeah well, got, that... sorry go ahead you have to reinvent yourself or hire somebody that's terrific or that may be the time that people like people who got all the results are then replaced and they don't understand but they're not what's needed for the long haul
0: they're not and that's exactly what this article was talking about that and I hate that they're called soft skills I know And like, I, I don't I don't know what <laughs> we should come up with a new name for it because they're the most important Skills. It's what's going to make you successful. And some leaders will get the bad news when they do a 360 and find out their staff hates them and their board hates them, and then they have to change. Some people will get there on their own because maybe they have a new, uh, there's something going on at home where they've had to learn these collaboration skills or tapping into their joy. Something's happened. And and that's the inside game that then they're able to, oh my gosh, I can bring this to the workplace. But all too often it happens. You're everybody's always promoted because they produced results, not because they know what it takes to empower other people or collaborate or bring joy into the workplace. It's so important what you're doing, Shannon. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. So you're rolling out this new course. Are you looking for? I mean, are you looking for customers like corporate customers?
2: Yeah. So um, the Joyful Workplace is for corporate settings. That's like one of the things that I'm rolling out. The other thing is um, just a personal course called design your joy first lifestyle. Mm. That will actually, I mean, I know this is going to air a little later, but I'm debuting it tomorrow at our book launch party. Um, And I'm super excited to see it. You know, my audience has always been business owners, but this book was not written with business in mind. I mean, my marketing brain had the business in mind, but there's nothing business related in the book at all. Mm. Um, and so this is my kind of introduction, if you will, into more of the personal, the spiritual side of things. And I think we can all agree when you have a joy first lifestyle, it impacts your business. It impacts your leadership. It impacts everything around you. And so um, tomorrow I'll be opening up my course. And I'm going to teach it live the first time for four weeks, and I'm super excited to kind of see what the response is and to help people like really find their flavors of joy so they can do their best work in the world from a place of joy, not obligation, not shame, not guilt, not I should be doing this or I should be doing that. So it's all just one big joyful experiment.
0: I love that.
1: Me too. I like that you're taking the should out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, I see should and shit as the same. Yep. (laughs) Yep, I agree. When you asked what's
0: your flavor of joy, my first response was red raspberry because lately I've been getting these deliciously ripe, juicy red raspberries from the store and every morning when I wake up, this is what brings me joy. So, the last two mornings, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I use one of those, um, it's called a lumen where it tests whether your body's burning fat or carbs. And it's helped me train my body better looking at the food I'm eating, et cetera. And once I do that, I have a 20 gram protein shake that I do that has a cup of coffee in it. And that's my breakfast. But the last two mornings, I've been taking two raspberries and just joyfully, like, you know, when you put it in your mouth and then you bite down on it and you taste the raspberry and I'm like, oh my God, that is the best. It was orgasmic. It was like, mm, I love this red raspberry taste in my mouth. So that was the first thing. And that's something that, well, I had to buy the raspberry. So that part cost me money, but uh, you yeah. know, it, it's been wonderful. And I have some blackberries too. So I've been really getting into those.
2: But I do want to say, Jen, it's such a perfect example that um we can't experience joy, true joy like that, if we're like eating the raspberry and scrolling through the phone. Like mm. it just doesn't happen, right? And so a lot of what I think I'm called to to help people do, and I, I talk about this in my book, I think our cell phones have actually robbed us of these moments of deep presence where we could be like experiencing those joyful moments. And I'm just as guilty as everyone else. And I have to remind myself, I'm putting the cell phone over there for the next hour. And I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to run or I'm going to go snip the flowers or whatever it is without my phone. Because yep. as soon as the phone is in my hand, guess what my brain is automatically trying to do? Go look at the phone and see what's going on, right? So you're able to have that moment with those raspberries because you're present. And that is where joy comes from. It's that deep Mm -hmm. presence and not being distracted by by other things. Um, And I think it's really important. You know, there's a lot going on right now with toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing and all of that. And, you know, I'm not really going to spend a lot of time uh, on my own platform talking about that stuff. There's people that do it way better than I. But I think there is room for people to deepen their joy by getting connected to their flavor of joy and getting connected to um, what they want and what their desires are and not being distracted by the phone, not being distracted by social media, whatever those distractions are, but like set aside time to cultivate your joy. Hmm. And it's important.
1: It's very important, so important. So glad you said that. I just think that's really key and critical. It's a no, It's like an addiction, like any addiction. Absolutely. So, so it's like, okay, if I don't want to be addicted to yet another thing, this big thing, just put it down for a while. That's yeah. joyful. Really good. Yeah. Really, really I good. I
2: want to say, you know, I say that <clears throat> I know extreme joy because I know extreme grief. And you really can't have, you can't know one without the other. Like that's just how, how we operate, right? We know joy because we know grief. And um, one of the, probably the biggest, there were two catalysts that really uh, prompted me to write this book. The first was my spouse um, has transitioned, come out as transgender. So I now have a wife. It's been like a huge Thing the last four years of going through the grief, going through the transition, going through the changes, you know, every time she was happy about something, I was grieving that loss of that thing. Mm. Um, and she just got her vagina in January, <laughs> January 31. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I haven't really talked to you both since then, but it's really taken me um, until last week to come out of so much grief Mm. even though I wanted it for her and even though she wanted it for her and I'm supportive of her there was just so much grief and so I had to use my own book through all this this transition and use my own tools, and um I like to say I know joy because I know grief. And I know that's true for so many people, but the problem is so many people don't know how to find the joy in the grief. Mm. Mm. And that's really like one of the big things that I think I'm called, called to do is we can have grief. We're going to, we are absolutely many, 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 many times over this year and many, many years and you can still choose joy if you know how to do it.
1: Yes, oh, that is so good. That's so great. It reminds me of, um, you know, the drama triangle where you could be a victim to something and, uh, and you could get into all those positions. You could become the victim, then you could become a perpetrator, you could become the savior, uh, in a certain situation or you can see the situation as a challenge and you can choose joy and find the healthy challenge in it to go on or to to find the the right state of mind. It's a choice. Everything is a choice. Yeah. So I love that you said that. I mean, yeah, grief and pain is guaranteed just growing pains alone and having grief over the way you had an expectation for something to be a certain way or not a certain way. And then to choose the joy. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I think, um, you know, there's a quote I opened my book with and you think I could find it or that I remember it. This is so important. This is from the Dalai Lama. Okay. We yeah. Most of our suffering So it should be logical that we also have the ability to create more joy. Say it one more time, Shannon. We create most of our suffering. So it should be logical that we also have the ability to create more joy. And when I found that quote, my book was done. And I was like, I want a quote to like open up this book with. Right. And I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what i'm talking about and if the dalai lama is on my side i'm on to (laughs) something yeah and
0: i bet that's from the book of joy by dalai lama and bishop desmond tutu which happened to be the book i was listening to as i was going through my cancer treatment in 2020 during COVID. and it's the thing literally like joy and creating joy was the thing that saved my ass from going down that i mean I was grieving the loss of a part of my breast, right? Like you were speaking about grieving, but it was also the thing that I was like, wait a minute. You can create this too. Mm -hmm. So important, Shannon.
2: Yeah. And the the other event, you know, I said there were two events is is three years ago. um, I'm located in New Jersey, right across from New York City. Um, I went in for a scheduled hysterectomy. And I've had for years and years I've had like operations and just problem after problem. But like I'm getting this thing out of here. Like I've got to like do something different. Um. Well, the Friday I went in, COVID hit New York City, and it was an absolute zoo in the hospital. I mean, nobody knew. They didn't even have a name for it. Nobody knew anything. And I was just like, wow. Well, they did the surgery. I was the last one to have surgery in the hospital. And then they sent me home because they were scared. They were really scared of what was happening and they thought I was safer at home. And I do think they made the right decision. Um, unfortunately, my kidneys went into failure and I almost died at mm. home and Maria didn't know how to take care of me. And I spent the next three weeks in and out of ERs across New Jersey and New York City with people with COVID, coughing, hacking. I don't know how, but still to this day. I, do, I have not had COVID.
0: You hadn't had it? Wow.
2: Still to this day. Like, I feel like I had to do all my work to, like, stay alive and try and get the care that I needed. Um, And when they finally, like, listened and, you know, we took video and it wasn't pretty and I sent it to my doctor and he's like, come, you've got to come back. Like, something is not right. And um, anyway, on yeah. that deathbed waiting for the care. Um, there was this voice that dropped in and said do more of what matters and take it to the people Mm. I thought what the fuck does that mean like I can't do this right now but it was the one thing I needed and so for a year I thought about it as I was healing what is what matters? Joy do more of what matters and take it to the people and so that's why the book was also birthed because Mm -hmm. I got this message and I translated it in, into taking joy to the people.
1: So good. Is this your first book?
2: Um, this is my second book. Second book. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So I'm so excited about it. It's wonderful. I can't. I know I can't make it to your launch tomorrow. I already looked, but yeah, I'm going. I'm. I feel.
0: I have definitely a FOMO.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can you have JOMO.
0: Joy of missing out. It's Jomo Jomo, and the other thing that's cool about her book um, it has great opportunities to color and a mutual friend look at that who does um, you're gonna say it probably better than I would Shannon she she she's got a particular style she's got these machines that people buy who love to quilt and then she sells the patterns and she's I saw that the, yeah the pictures from Shannon's book and uh, she was showing me the first panel and I was like blown away just beautiful. Oh, so
2: beautiful. And her name Sarah Bedler, and she licensed all the images, and we struck a deal uh, that for the lifetime that she sells the images, they will also get the book. Um, so the first 25 who registered, I've got all their books in the mail signed. The oh, rest of them no because it's thousands of people. I was like, I can't sign all these books. mail <laughs> mailed them out. But anyway, Sarah's going to be there tomorrow to talk about the 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 practical joy quilt um and i'm so excited like these are the things that i mean i never would have thought my coloring pages would be turned into a quilt right like i'm letting the book lead the joy i'm letting the joy lead the way and it feels really good there's all kinds of crazy opportunities coming in my inbox around joy and i'm going to do them why not this is like my yeah. mission <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's excellent. so joyous. I love it. I love really it. really exciting.
2: All right. Let's see if there's
1: anything that you feel that we didn't cover or hit. Any last either. I feel like you gave really good tips. Write down 50 things that bring you joy that don't cost anything. Um, notice in where your grief is and see if you can find the opportunity for joy in there. And then you had one other, oh, yeah, stay on the phone when you're doing something joyous.
0: And what's your flavor of joy? Start asking yourself, well, what is my flavor of joy? I mean, that starts with the 50 things, right? But that's, yeah. and it mine's red raspberries.
1: So that, those are really good tips. See if there's anything we didn't ask you that's like a natural piece here for, so, uh, of a conclusion that you want to leave people with.
2: Yeah. I would say the number one way that we have more joy is to spend all of our time in our lifestyle values. And this is really the crux of what I teach when I go into corporations or when I go work with entrepreneurs, right? Is, you know, my joy, my flavors of joy, right? Outside of the 50 things, but when you think a little bigger, the reason I ha- host retreats called Joy Money Retreats is because I wanted to travel more and get paid to do that. Like, that's a lifestyle value of mine. Right. And so I think a lot of times people have, they know their values, trust, integrity, keep your word, like those things. But I'm talking about like, what are the values you want to live in every single day of your life? And once we get clear on that, we can model everything around that so that you are pretty much always in joy. You're still going to have grief. You're still going to have loss, but you can come back to joy a lot faster because you're actually spending your life and your time and your values, how you want to be spending your time. I Uh, I think that's a a beautiful point for people to be thinking about their lifestyle values. And they change, right? They change. I work with a lot of people. Maybe they had kids, the kids went off to college. Now they're like, now what <laughs> now what right yeah or their partner has passed away or they've gotten an illness so whatever like your lifestyles change of uh, values change and evolve and that is normal yeah and so it's like taking that inventory and making sure that um you do know your lifestyle values and you're living in those values
1: yeah so great thank you thank you so much for that everybody listening i hope you took notes i hope you're I hope you're like actually getting this. This will not only save your life and your business life; it'll save your ass, and <laughs> and it'll make you joyful. And like like otherwise, what's the point? Like, what's yeah. the point of everything you're doing if you have no joy in it? You have to have joy in it. It's
0: yeah. So good. If it if if it ain't joyful, why do that shit? That's right.
1: We said that earlier because Shannon says that. So, Shannon, thank you so much for being our guest today.
0: Yeah, this has been great. Thanks I want
1: having- to tell, tell people again that it's the name of the book and that your name is M. Period, Shannon Hernandez when they go to look for the book. Yeah. And what's the name of the book
2: again? Practical Joy,
1: Simple Tools Practice. to Cultivate More Joy Every Day. So good. So good. Get, Get that book, everybody.
0: Get really. it. That's Buy it. Yeah. And we'll put the link to the book in the show notes so that we have it for people to click on the link. Thank
1: awesome. you. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you. So we're going to, we're just going to give our little pitches for a second. I'm going to, I'm letting people know that you can go to lauriehandlers.com. If you sign up for lauriehandlers.com, you will get a book on boundaries, a workbook on boundaries, which I will now tweak to have business boundaries because Shannon was our guest today. And
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: find out more about Jennifer Coken at...
0: jencoken.com, J-E-N-C-O-K-E-N.com. I've got two resources on there. One is if you want to tap into leadership, I've got an assessment where you can look to see five fundamental pillars of leadership So you can see where you can up-level your leadership, and when you sign up for my mailing list, you also get a free ebook on what I call Cracking the Power Code of Personal Responsibility to give you choice, no matter the circumstances that are coming your way, so you can be joyful, so you can have fun and be powerful in the face of anything.
1: So tune in next time when we'll
0: have more to say on all of this. We've got some fun guests coming up too. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap on another inspiring episode of Power Suits and Pillow Talk. We hope that our conversations continue to enlighten and encourage you on your journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Remember, there aren't any limits to what you can achieve, be it in your career or your personal life. I'm Jen Koken and my amazing co-host is Lori Handlers, reminding you to keep smashing those ceilings and debunking those taboos. Until next time, keep dominating the boardroom and owning and taking up space in the bedroom.
2: Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show.
0: I'm Sarah B. and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie
2: underscore Sarah underscore L A. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful
0: city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie
2: underscore Sarah underscore LA.